Welcome to the Trusted Advisor Podcast brought to you by Iroquois Group. Iroquois is your trusted advisor in all things insurance. This week, you are listening to Charlie's Corner, a segment hosted by our very own Charlie Venus. Welcome back, everyone. We are here with Marcus Sheridan, keynote speaker and the man behind the success at River Pools and Spa. This episode is going to cover content marketing, assignment selling, and the world of virtual sales. I wanted to talk to you about River Pools and Spa. Can you just give the audience a recap of how you use you know, the inbound marketing, content marketing, addressing the big five on your website and how that turned things around at River Pools and Spa, and also address assignment selling, because I thought that was just a, a great subject matter. So let's start with the... Uh... With the first question there, I started a company with two business partners really out of college, 2001, called River Pools and Spas. And, you know, we struggled to grow it, but we survived. But then 2008 happened. 2008 was the crash uh, that many of us can remember. And unlike COVID, which has been great for pool companies, 2008 was a disaster. I mean, it was a disaster. And so we thought we were going to lose the business. Now, I was pretty confident we were going to file bankruptcy. And it was during this, this low point that I really started to research how the internet works. And I started seeing all those fancy phrases like inbound marketing, content marketing, all that stuff. You know, but what I heard in my simple pool guy mind, if you will, Charlie, was, you know what, Marcus, if you just obsess over your buyers, customers, questions, and you're willing to address those questions on your website, you just might save your business. So I said, I'm going to do that. I can do that. And we didn't have two nickels rubbed together. But what I could do is I could sit at my kitchen table late at night and I could type answers to questions and post it on my website. And so that's exactly what we did. And because I was so focused on what the buyers wanted to know, I realized there's these commonalities. There's these five main subjects that I keep getting asked about. So I decided to call them the big five, right? So we had this philosophy called they ask you answer. We had these five subjects called the big five. And before I knew it, we were getting traction. I mean, and we started to get major traction. And within a few years, we became the most traffic swimming pool website in the world. Saved the business. And then a few years after that, we were getting so many leads from all over North America that I started manufacturing fiberglass pools as well. So I became a B2B manufacturer of fiberglass pools. Oh, and, uh, and we became a franchise company too. So today we have franchisees all over the country called River Pools and Spas. Right, little branches popping up everywhere. But I mean, we went from from literally broke to financial peace the rest of my life in ten years because of a simple philosophy of they ask you answer. Now, you asked about assignment selling, so let me share the quick story on assignment selling because this is one they ask you answer is unique too because it's written from a sales and marketing perspective. So there's a, there's a section of the book that's on marketing, a section of the book that's on sales. And then there's a section of the book on implementation. And so if somebody understands that, that trend that we were talking about earlier, Charlie, of the 80% and the buyers 80% of the way through the buying journey before they even talk to a salesperson at this point, recognize, wow. So marketing has got to be responsible for revenue today. Same time, sales has to be more involved on the marketing side of things. You need to teach your sales team how to integrate it into their sales process. So you say, why? 
So at the beginning of 2013, I was looking at uh, two groups of people on my company's website. Both had filled out a form and said, I want to get a quote from you. All right. So both these groups have filled out a form and said, I want to get a quote. One of them bought, one of them didn't buy. So I said, well, all right, what's the difference between the ones that bought versus didn't buy? And this is what we found. The number 30 kept jumping out underneath the group that had bought. And that number 30 represented total pages viewed. So in other words, we found that if somebody read 30 or more pages of our website before the initial sales appointment, they would buy 80% of the time, which is pretty crazy because the average industry closing rate was about 25%. So they go from 25 to 80% simply by reading 30 pieces of our content. So we had a hockey stick growth of closing rates. So I said to myself, naturally, okay, so what can you do, Marcus, so that they consume 30 pieces of your content or 30 pages of your content every single time? And so assignment selling is a process of when you sell, using that content to push people down or out of the funnel even faster, but it's very intentional. So what it might sound like is something like this. Let's say, Charlie, you call me up and say, yo, Marcus, I'm checking out your website. Could I get a quote for a pool this Friday? Well, back in the day, I'd say, yeah, sure, Charlie. I'll come out to your house this Friday and give you a quote. But the problem was I didn't know how educated you were. I hadn't done anything on the front end there, right? A lot of salespeople sell just like that today. The majority do. So now understanding assignment selling, the way I changed, the way that we evolved that is now you would say to me, hey, Marcus, can you come out to my house this Friday and give me a quote for a pool? I would say, Sure, I'd love to, Charlie, but you're getting ready to spend a lot of money. And if you're going to spend a lot of money, I know you don't want to make any mistakes. And so as to make sure you don't make any mistakes, I'm going to make sure you're well-educated. So this is what we're going to do as we're talking on the phone right now, Charlie. I'm going to send you two things that you're going to love via email that are going to really help you with this process. So the first thing I'm going to send you is a video that shows you the entire install process. This way you're going to see what it's like when the pool shows up to the house, excavation goes in the ground, patio goes around it, the whole nine. And now, by watching this video, when I come out to your house on Friday, you're not going to say to me, so Marcus, what does this process look like? You're already going to know. Now, time out. That just saved me about 30 minutes on the sales appointment. Now, the second thing I'm going to send you, Charlie, is a buying guide. Now, this buying guide's great because it's going to answer a lot of the major questions you have about pools right now. Like, should I get a cover for my pool? What's the best type of cover? Should it be mesh? Should it be solid? Should it be automatic? Should I get a heater? What's the best type of heater? Should it be electric? Should it be gas? Should it heat and cool the water? Now, this guide's a little bit long. It's about 30 pages. But I promise it'll be well worth your time. Well, you take the time, Charlie, to review those things before our appointment on Friday. 90% of the time, buyer says, sure. But here's what's wonderful about it. If they do the homework, I now know they're going to buy 80% of the time. You see, too often, salespeople don't even know content has been produced. If they do know it's been produced, they don't integrate it into the sales process. And if they do integrate it into the sales process, it sounds something like this. Hey, Charlie, I got this this video. I'm going to send it to you. It'd be great if you could give it a look before our appointment on Friday. What a tragedy that is. And that's because they're, they're not trained how to do this the right way. And of course, that's what I one thing that I do is ultimately I train people on communication. Sometimes I call it marketing if I'm talking to a marketing. Sometimes I call it sales, but it's just better communication. And so that's exactly what you heard there. That's assignment selling in my case. Yeah, so you're just asking for a commitment from them just to how interested are you? How how serious are you about this? And if you are, I just need commitment that you're going to read the material and watch the the video that I sent to you. Yeah. What's interesting about it, Charlie, is, is if they don't do it, right? If they say, no, I don't have the time for that. It indicates only one thing. They're going to base their decision on one variable, price. At which point, I'm going to lose that game anyway. So let me just email you that price. I don't need to come to your house for that. 
I can email you a price if you, if that's the yeah, game that I don't we're playing need to spend right five now. hours traveling to and from your place. No, and that's exactly what it took. Back in the day, my average sales appointment was two hours away. Average length, three hours. So I've got a total of a seven-hour investment. And if I stop to eat, we're eight hours, okay? So that's problematic. That's problematic. And so when you integrate content in the sales process, you have a happier sales team because you're not getting those same old redundant questions over and over again in that first sales call. I mean, think about how many times, if you're in sales, you've had a sales call and you heard a question, you're like, oh my gracious, how do they not know this? How do they not know this? And you're just rolling your eyes like, this is gonna be a dud. So how do we eliminate those things from happening? We, we gotta be better teachers. Better teaching starts with better listening. And then once we hear the questions, we gotta produce the content to answer it. We gotta answer them well. And then we answer the well, we have the content, then we integrate it into the sales uh, process. That's fantastic, Marcus. Now, recently you've written another book with Tyler Lassard called The Visual Sale. You know, and in the book, you know, you talk about how you use the video or visual philosophies to really address the they ask you answer philosophies. Can you expand on that a little bit for us and why video and visual is going to be so yeah. important? Why it's important now, but even more important going forward? Yeah, I mean, look, at this point, I think most of us recognizing that holy crud, video is just taking over. Now, if you have a teenager, um, if you have a 20-something, you recognize that the majority of what they learn about products, services, and companies is through video. I mean, it's just prolific. And never in the history of the world have we more had the feeling today of seeing is believing than we do right now. Buyers want to see the thing to believe it. They don't just want to hear it. Because you think about it, Charlie, almost every company says the same things about themselves. You know, we have the best service. We have the best people, right? All these things they say. So unless they show it, it's just noise to the marketplace. But when you show it, it becomes very believable. And if you look at the rates of, of consumption, right? So 85% of the content consumed online right now is video-based content. That's sick, right? 85%. That's an astounding number. Yeah, it's an astounding number. So the problem, though, is companies, they haven't adjusted to this trend at all. And about four years ago, I said to my, my team, because I have an agency and we help companies uh, implement uh, digital sales and marketing strategies. And we are obviously the go-to place for they ask you answer practitioners. And I said to my team, I think we all know video is going to be huge. I think we should be teaching companies how to create their own videos in-house. And my team said, ah, no way, Marcus, you can't do that. That's not what agencies do. Agencies make the videos for the clients. I'm like, yeah, but is that sustainable long-term? And is that of the best interest for the client? We're like, well, no, not necessarily, but they're just not going to do it. I'm like, I don't believe that. I'm calling BS on this. And so since that time, we've trained over 100 companies on how to create a culture of video in-house. Now, it takes a mindset, it takes buy-in, but also takes just a few little pieces, like a full-time videographer in-house. And so when companies realize what's happening with video, they're saying to themselves, I don't need to hire another freaking salesperson. My gracious, what I need to hire, and this is at less than half the cost probably, is a videographer. Because a videographer is going to have a way bigger impact on sales than another salesperson will for your company. I guarantee you that, assuming they follow the plan, especially like what you see in the visual sale, right? And so when companies do this, they start to approach everything like we're a media company. If we don't show it, it doesn't exist. We can't just tell it. We need to show it. And then the mindset is, let's start with sales. Once again, you start with sales. What's the quickest way to, to see a return on your investment? 
on the sales side. So the marketing side is going to produce a return, but over time. Sales side, it can help you tomorrow. So we talk about in the book very specific types of videos that just dramatically revolutionize your sales team, your sales process. So an example of one such video would be the 80% video. This is the first video that every company should produce that has a sales team or any type of sales system. So the 80% video is based on this. When we survey sales teams, they tell us that roughly, on average, 80% of the questions they hear when they go on a sales call are the same questions every single time. So if you already know what those 80% are going to be, why do we spend so much time answering them over and over again? It's like Groundhog's Day. So what if we could eliminate those questions? What if the buyer already knew them? And not only that, what if they had heard them and learned them from us? Would the sales call, that first one, be different? Oh, my gracious, yes. We'd spend way more time selling, less time teaching for the win. We'd also shorten the sales cycle while increasing closing rates. So what you want to do is you want to brainstorm those top 80% questions. And generally, you want to come up with this top seven to 10 most repeated questions you hear in the sales process. Write them down and say, all right, so here's our questions. Let's produce a video that addresses each one. And then you do a mashup. So you have one longer video that addresses all those major questions that they have. And so in a perfect world, let's say I'm selling insurance. Let's use that one, Charlie. So let's say I was selling insurance. And let's say that you came to me and you're the customer, the prospect, and you wanted a quote. So I said to you, great, Charlie. Um, we'll meet at your office this Friday. But before that, I'm going to send you a video that addresses 10 of the top questions you have right now about this particular type of insurance. It's going to talk about this. It's going to address this question. And it's going to address some other questions as well. And so I promise it's going to be well worth your time. Now, the video is about 15 minutes. But by you watching this, we're going to spend a lot less time having to go over the basics. And we'll spend a lot more time on your specific needs. Charlie, we watched that video before our appointment on Friday. Once again, same process. Use the Simon Selling now, and I've implemented the 80% video, and boom, we're rocking and rolling, right? So that's how this works. 80% video is, is the bomb. Now, here's the thing about the 80% video. People say sometimes, Marcus, I heard that all videos are supposed to be short. If somebody is getting ready to spend their money, they're very, very likely to spend way more than 90 minutes so as to ensure they don't make a mistake. Where that comes from is stats that what works for video on certain social media platforms? For example, Facebook is a shorter video platform. LinkedIn is a medium-sized video platform. YouTube is a long-form video platform. That's how it works. You base the length of the video on a few things. What platform is it going on, but also does it answer the question well? If it answers the questions well or the question well, and it takes two minutes or five minutes or 10 minutes, well, then that's what it needs to be. And let's face it, for most businesses, the goal isn't that you produce some viral dumb video that gets a million views but doesn't make a single sale. The goal is that it moves your actual buyers towards making a buying decision. I would much rather, as a business owner, I'd much rather have a video that gets 100 views and makes three sales than one that gets a million views but doesn't sell jack squat. And you see that a lot. And so you want to be careful not to fall into those traps. Now, Marcus, on those videos, the 80% video, do you see that being on the company's website? What about a YouTube channel? Do you recommend that companies have a YouTube channel? 100%. You should absolutely, once you start to embrace video, you should 100% have a YouTube channel. Just because, don't look at it like social media here. View it like this. 
do you believe in Google? Well, yeah. Do you believe in YouTube? Which is, of course, still the second most popular search engine in the world. So if you if you view it that way, you're like, okay, of course we got to have a YouTube page. Too many companies are not even giving YouTube any attention at all. You got to house your videos somewhere. That's certainly one place that you should be housing those videos. So yeah, you should be approaching it like that and you should be showing these videos on your website. And in fact, I would argue this, you want to have at least one specific video for every major page of your website. So for example, let's say you offer five different major services. So if I this is tab of your website right now, and you've got five different major services. Does each one of those pages have a very specific video, ideally 80% video about that thing? So if they don't, well, then they need to. They need to soon because otherwise you're risking being left behind. The good thing, though, is about this is your competitors aren't doing this yet, right? And so we can count our competitors not thinking like today's buyer to save the day. But we don't want to be reactive. We want to be proactive and we want to be the rule makers and the rule creators of our space. So this is why it's so important that we do this. Marcus, we're still living and breathing the pandemic and virtual sales now are just an absolute necessity. So how should companies approach this? Also, I want you to touch on the results that you've had at river pools and spa since the pandemic started last year. I've spent the majority of my time teaching sales teams around the world, some really big brands that everybody knows of, how to go from meeting in person in that boardroom to meeting over video, but maintaining or even upgrading their efficacy, their communication. How do you deliver a world-class video sales presentation? So this is something that we've consistently found that just because you're good at sales traditionally doesn't mean that you're good at selling over video. And so you want to learn how to do that. And a lot of companies have pushed back on that. And they've said, you know what? There's no way that we could be as effective on video. And I can tell you this is BS. So with my pool company, for years, I was actually telling my team, I think we should be selling over video. And they're like, we can't do that, Marcus, because we got to see this job site. We got to see the yard, got to do this and this. I'm like, I don't know. I just think it's inefficient, guys. You can do what you want, but I think it's really inefficient. I didn't push it. But then COVID comes around. All of a sudden, people didn't necessarily want us in their homes. We had to think differently. So then we started doing all first sales appointments. Now we're over video. And you say, well, how did you overcome the issue of seeing the yard? Because that's the most critical part of why we had to go out to the house and installing pool. You got different elevations in the backyard, different features that could screw it up, right? Oh, like all types of factors. And so we created a video. <laughs> Once again, we created a video that taught homeowners how to take the right photos or video of their front yard, side yard, and backyard. So as to send it to us and allow us to see exactly what we needed to see. And so this has been a total game changer. Used to be, Charlie, that at most we could do maybe two sales appointments in a day, right? Now we're doing five and six sales appointments in a single day. And the homeowner likes it more. We're able to meet with him faster. We've actually found that closing rates go up. And I've seen this with a lot of companies. But the key is you got to train your team how to be more effective over video. There's a lot of mistakes that they make. When you talk about virtual selling, it's not just sales calls over video. It's also how do you send 
one-to-one -one video emails. That's, that's a major one. That's a major one. Um, not enough sales teams are doing that. Not enough just like, like companies are doing it. Like customer service, if they were sending out videos to explain how to fix that thing, it would eliminate a lot of service calls. You don't see many doing it. What a tragedy, right? Wasting a ton of money. So that's another example of it. And then there's also a part of virtual selling, Charlie, is what are you doing to your website today that would essentially replicate the sales process if they were meeting with you in person? Let's say, just talk about pools for a second. You might come to me, Charlie, and you might say, what's the best swimming pool shape and size for my backyard? And I would ask you a series of questions. And from that, I would make a recommendation. Could I rinse and repeat that on my website without you talking to me? Sounds bold, but is it possible? 100% yes, it is possible. So we're moving into an era of virtual selling where you go and you might say, go back to insurance. What's the best you know, specific type of insurance plan for my business, let's say? And then there's a series of questions on the website that that business owner fills out. And once they're done filling it out, then they get a recommendation, again, without having talked to anybody yet. Now, why is this amazing? Buyers love it. It's very they ask you answer, right? At the same time, it generates way more leads. Sales teams like that. But a lot of sales teams push back on this because they say, this is going to replace me. What's going to replace you is not paying attention to today's buyer and trying to do things like it was 1995. That's what's going to replace well, Some you. of the things that you had about your success at Riverpools, just in terms of how it shortened the sales cycle, how it made the salespeople much more effective, yeah. and also that they weren't on the road all the time, back and forth, spending all that time on the road. They were doing visual sales. Charlie, every single one of them, every single one of them has said, I'm not going to go back to the way I was doing it before. Now, it doesn't mean that in-person selling is over. It just means that there's times to be on site and there's times to do it over video. Both are face-to-face. -face. Let's keep that in mind. Both are face-to-face. And both are about relationships and both induce trust. Not enough companies are really seeing it that way yet, but they're being forced to, right? I mean, let's be frank. This whole COVID thing has catapulted us about 10 years ahead when it comes to video and certainly video conferencing. Whereas a year ago, grandma hadn't used Zoom. Grandma's used Zoom, right? You know, parents of, of, of school children have used Zoom. So we're at that point now. And, uh, it's a new world, tremendous opportunities, wonderful. Let's be more efficient. Yeah, there's a lot of things that suck about it, but there's also a lot of great benefits, and we might as well really lean into those if we're going to have some drawbacks. Well, Marcus, this has been absolutely fantastic. I'd love it if we had more time, but I keep getting notes that… Yeah, there's never <laughs> enough time, Charlie. There's never enough Hey, by the way, before I, before I forget to mention it, everybody that's listening is follow me on LinkedIn. That's where I live I, in terms of social media. Um, I post one great piece of content there a day. So make sure you follow me on LinkedIn if you listen to this. And I'll echo that. Marcus always has some great videos on LinkedIn. Well, thanks again, Marcus. Appreciate it. Maybe you'll come back again and we can talk about the, you know, more about video sales and the 11 irrefutable laws of virtual sales, which is you know, another fascinating topic. I love it. Thanks for listening to this edition of Charlie's Corner brought to you by Iroquois Group. I am Edwin K. Morris, and I invite you to join us for the next edition of the Trusted Advisor Podcast. <laughs>